This is episode 515 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, 23 Things to Buy Right Now If You're Totally Unprepared for a Disaster. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the HydroBlue VersaFlow water filter. The VersaFlow is one of the most versatile water filters currently made. Not only can you use it for your own personal water filter needs, but you can use it to create a family-sized water filter. Now with the possibility of filtering up to 100,000 gallons, the VersaFlow could filter one gallon of water for each family member for many, many years. To make it easy for you, I've created a free video and PDF tutorial that shows you how to easily turn the VersaFlow into a family-sized water filter. Now, right now, you can have this family-sized water filter for under $25. To watch the video, get the free PDF tutorial and a code for 20% off of the VersaFlow, click the link in the show notes or visit prepperwebsite.com forward slash VersaFlow. All right, everyone. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from urbansurvivalsite.com. And the article title is 23 things to buy right now if you're totally unprepared for a disaster. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read this. I don't agree with every single one of them. And I have some extra commentary to add as we go along. So hopefully you'll enjoy this one, even if you are prepared. Hopefully there's some uh, some thoughts here that will help you in your preparedness or maybe some things maybe you forgot and you can go and check out. So here we go. 23 things to buy right now if you're totally unprepared for a disaster. Now you've got two hours until disaster strikes. Are you prepared? If you've watched any apocalyptic movie ever, you're familiar with the grocery store scene. You know which one I'm talking about. Anxious dad rushes aisles by aisle, gathering water and canned food for his family while everyone around him gradually turns from innocent customer to aggressive looter. In this scenario, shelves are emptied quickly and the store turns into a war zone. In the next scene, dad finds a store that has managed to keep control of their stock but has become absurdly greedy, inflating prices and heartlessly bartering family heirlooms in place of the now useless cash. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? If you think this scenario can only play out on the big screen, think again, pal. Just the whisper of disaster is enough to throw your whole neighborhood into a frenzy. Because guess what? No one is prepared for a disaster. No one is stocked up on window reinforcements or food rations. No one has thought about how to protect their family or home. No one is ready, and now they're panicking to the point of hostility. So as you'll see in this minimalist disaster survival list, you can prepare for a disaster with low-cost supplies and limited storage space right now. Every purchase on this list is quickly accessible via a two-day Amazon Prime order or a speedy run to your local Walmart. Now, How fast can you collect them all? All right, so the first section is going to be resources, and number one is going to be a physical map. So grab a map of your city. If a disaster knocks out your power, which it will, you're quickly going to realize just how dependent you've become on GPS. Back to the basics, you'll need to keep track of the unsafe zones on your map as you navigate yourself out of the city or towards the nearest remedy. 
Okay, so a physical map is always important. You should definitely have one. You can also make a map out of, you know, using like Google Maps or one of the other maps out there. There are maps that you can print out uh, online with a little bit of research. But there's also maps that you can download. I know that I've downloaded one to my tablet before. And so you download this map and you you wind up updating it, you know, whenever your your tablet or your phone or whatever connects to the Wi-Fi. But you can download maps of your area, right? And so if you had to, you can navigate that way. And if you have to, with a mobile battery backup so you can charge your phone or your tablet, you can have power for a long or extended time. And I've talked about those very, you know, often uh, those battery packs can charge a phone or a tablet many times. And so that might be one of the things you haven't thought about that you can download a map that is not dependent on going out to the internet or you know connecting to a, a network or something like that to be able to get you uh, you know the maps and stuff like that that you need the route that you need so uh, you might want to look into that just a little bit all right so number two is batteries what help is a flashlight or hand radio without any juice give yourself some extra insurance by purchasing a variety pack of batteries instead of a standard pack you may think that you know which battery every device requires, but there's always that one gadget with unreasonable standards. All right, so on this one, I don't completely agree with getting the variety pack, right? I agree with more you, when you're buying your gear, you are being purposeful and you're looking at, you know, what batteries uh, can, you know, can your, your gear take, right? So if you're buying headlamps, you might be trying to buy a headlamp that, that takes double A. And so there's all different kinds of batteries out there. There's some that are rechargeable or headlamps, right? So there's some that are rechargeable. There's some that take triple A, some that take double A. But if you're trying to standardize batteries, well, maybe you want to stick with something that uh, is double A. And so maybe it doesn't have all the options, but you can standardize your batteries. You might choose to do that. Maybe there is like a, a handheld radio or your walkie talkies, and you can get some that have triple A or double A. And if you're standardizing across all your gear, you, you can say like, hey, I wanna get double A or you know, I wanna make sure I have double A. Or even if you go with different, uh, you know, different sizes of batteries, you know, I've got two sizes. I've got triple A and I've got double A. And that's, you know, that's what I have. I'm not gonna go buy a variety pack of a bunch of different types of batteries because I just have these two. And then I would recommend going to like if you have a Sam's or a Costco, uh, you know, membership to go there and you can buy the really big packs of batteries for a lot cheaper than if you went and stocked up like at Walmart or, you know, at a drugstore or something like that. And then also there are rechargeable batteries. Uh, the Inaloop batteries are really great. I have those and the boys use them all the time for, you know, for their controllers and different things like that. And we have a fast or a quick charger where they just drop them in there. And when they're done, we just move them out. And so that's something that, that you might want to consider. And then Survival Frog has USB AA batteries. And so I believe these are like 2000 milliamp batteries, but they're, they're AA. But the way that you charge them is with USB. And so uh, that's pretty cool if you think about it. So if you have a means to charge like a small, uh, you know, a small battery pack, 
you know, maybe you charge it with a solar, you know, solar charger or whatever, then you can continue to charge those double A batteries. And so that's something that I have played around with. They don't hold the charge as long as like the inner loop rechargeable batteries, but it gives you a lot of options. Those inner loops, you need to be able to connect them to a charger to the AC. The USB batteries, you're able to connect to a battery pack, right? Just like you would charge your, your cell phone, you can charge these battery packs or these uh, AA batteries. So if you've never seen those before or you've heard about those before, um, I'm telling you, they're, they're kind of cool. So uh, And they're not very expensive. If you wanted to buy a pack and you just wanted to try them out, it's definitely something to, to consider for like emergency preparedness. But anyway, I'm gonna, I'll link to those in the show notes if you want to go take a look at those. Number three is a lighter or lighters. Don't ever or don't even bother with matches from your local hardware store. Pick up a dozen Bic lighters and keep them somewhere dry. All right, so definitely uh, I would agree with that. I like the longer lighters, like, you know, the ones uh, that look like the wand or whatever. But if you are trying to be a little bit more portable, mobile, you're trying to keep these in like a bug out bag, definitely buy Bic, right? Buy the Buy the good ones. Don't go and buy the cheap ones because they are not as good. They will not hold up as well. Uh, I've experienced that before. The Bic lighters are just built a little bit better. So FYI on that. And then you also need to have some backups on top of that. I mean, it's good to have a ferrocium rod and uh, you know other other ways to make a fire. But when you're when you're in an emergency situation and you want you need fire, you don't want to sit there and mess around with the ferrocium rod. Let that be like your second, third, whatever way of making fire. If you have a big lighter, man, just use that. Start your fire, get going, move, move on from that. So number four are Ziploc bags. Now a hurricane, flood, or typhoon will ruin your electronics and family mementos by submerging them or covering them in condensation. Double Ziploc anything and everything worth value to you. Now, I think Ziploc bags are very useful. I'm not necessarily buying them for a flood or whatever, you know, uh, unless I was uh, very, very desperate there. But I think having Ziploc bags and uh, the small ones, the you know, gallon size ones, and even the really big ones are smart to have. You can even use those as um, to minimize storage. Like if, if you're putting clothes uh, in a bug out bag or a bag or a kit or whatever, and you wanted to compress them as much as possible, you can push out the, you know, put them in there, push out the air as much as possible and zip them up. And so that is one way. If they're a heavy duty, like a, a freezer type bag, that's one way that you can pack. I know uh, back when we had the, the, the group home, one of my foster daughters did a, a missionary trip and that's the way they told her to pack. They asked her to get the really big Ziploc bags. I mean, these were the bigger. I didn't realize they, they made them this big, but, you know, certain stores will carry them. And she put her stuff in there and then they rolled them up and they compressed their stuff because they could only take a small bag and they were going to be gone for like a week. And so they needed to be able to, to pack as, uh, you know, have a small footprint as much as possible because they were taking food and all, all different kinds of things. But that is good. You know, having different... Uh, Ziploc bags, different styles, different uh, sizes. I think that's always good. As well as contractor bag, trash bags, the 55 gallon ones. It's not on this list, but I highly recommend those. If you are just, you're stocking up supplies at home or you're you know putting one or two of these in a bug out bag, 
there's so many different uses for these. Um, just those big 55 gallon contractor size bag. You know, they're they're pretty thick, you know, like four mil maybe. Um, they're pretty thick. So you want to have some of those. Not to mention they just, if you're cleaning out a bunch of junk, you can put a lot of stuff in there uh, and take it out to the curb. All right, so number five is lawn burning candles. What's the first thing you do when the power goes out? Light the candles, of course. But what if the power is out all night or all week? You'll need candles that burn up to nine hours. If you can't find these in the store, get the tallest and thickest candles you can find on the shelves. Don't bother with tea light candles. So I think tea light candles are worth it. I think you should have some going to the dollar store. You can easily buy a set of candles. But also talking about the dollar store, the the big eight out uh, eight hour candles that uh, or nine hour candles that he's referring to here, you can buy them on Amazon, but you can actually buy them cheaper at the dollar store, and they're the same exact candles. I actually did a blog post on this where I compared some things from Dollar Tree versus Amazon. And there are some things, and I've mentioned this this week already, there are some things that are cheaper at Amazon than the dollar store, but there are definitely some things that are cheaper at the dollar store or Dollar Tree. And so if you, uh, for instance, you order online at Dollar Tree, you can have it sent to your nearest Dollar Tree and there's no charge for shipping. And uh, so, you know, like there's a Dollar Tree uh, on my way home from work. And so I could just, you know, place an order, have it shipped there, stop in there and just you know show the, the receipt or the invoice to the manager and pick up my, my, uh, my the stuff that I ordered, right? And so you could buy a big old case of 24, you know, eight hour, nine hour candles and uh, you would be really good to go there. So um, if you've never thought about that, you know, Dollar Tree has those really long burning candles. Number six, and this is one of those that I don't necessarily agree with, flares and smoke flares. In the case of a flood, rescue workers will eventually go from house to house checking for stranded families. Speed up the process by drawing attention to your home with a simple flare gun. Okay, so think about this just a little bit. You have people in the neighborhood and they're going from house to house. You have a flare gun, you shoot it off. If people are outside of the neighborhood, they're not going to know exactly where that flare is coming from. So they know the whole neighborhood needs to be rescued. So I don't know if that would draw, that really would draw attention to you. Uh, if you were, if you were out on the water and you blew a flare, right? You shot a flare into the, uh, to the uh, sky or you were stranded on an island or something. Yes, definitely. They could pinpoint that a little bit more. I just think that that's a waste uh, of, a, of a flare gun and smoke flares, especially if people are coming your way. Hopefully you wouldn't uh, be caught in something like that. Although many people did. And theoretically, I could have been caught in, in Harvey as well. But I wouldn't have used a flare gun to, to set off you know, people coming to get me especially if people were already, you know, in the neighborhood and they were going house to house. All right. But number seven, this next one is one that I do agree with. It's a whistle. Another attention getter, either alert rescue crews of your location or find your way back to your tribe if separated during a journey. I, I do believe that everyone should have a whistle. You can go with, uh, you know, the old school ones that your your gym teacher had. You can buy those at the sporting goods in Walmart, you know, or any other sporting goods uh, you can buy them and they're not very expensive. One, two dollars, three dollars, 
for a decent one, right? If you wanted a really, really good one, there are some that are like supposed to be like the loudest whistles ever made. You can buy them on Amazon. And uh, if you, if, you know, if you want to give one to maybe your spouse, she's out, you know, you know how ladies have a bunch of keys, rings and stuff and all kinds of stuff on their keys, right? And so uh, my wife has a really big orange one on her on her key ring. And so it helps to identify her key, keys. But at the same time, if she really needed to, she could blow into it. And it is super, super loud. It's not just like a regular whistle. And definitely if people were around, it would get attention. So we really use that more for safety. But I think that anybody should have a whistle in their bug out bag with them for any kind of emergencies. I think, you know, one, two, three dollars worth of a whistle. I think it's definitely worth it. So the next section here is handy tools. And number eight is fire extinguisher. So the disaster has left you with no source of light or cooking, right? Now you're using candles that you don't usually and cooking with methods that you haven't practiced with often. And an accidental fire would not be a huge surprise under these circumstances, right? Now don't make your situation any worse with a house fire. Keep your extinguisher handy and learn how to use it right when you buy it. Okay, so fire extinguisher is not one of the first things on my list, but I can see the advantage of it. If you get one, you want to get the one that can handle all different kinds of fires. So there's some that will only handle like a grease fire, some that will only handle electrical fires. You want to get the one that will handle all of them, right? I believe that's an ABC extinguisher. I'm not I'm not exactly sure there. Don't quote me on that. But you want to get the one that will handle most of the issues that you will have. And fire extinguishers, they're supposed to be serviced. Uh, I've never, like I said, uh, we had some in the group home. Of course, we've had some on campus and they were always serviced every year or at least they were checked every year and every two years they were replaced and all that kind of stuff legally i guess if you're you know you're doing things and and you have you know people coming in and checking on you if you just had your regular you know in your regular home you i'm, I'm sure there's no issue with that i just don't know how long they last right so uh but definitely you know you need to be safe you know when we had um i believe it was harvey you know, we, we lit candles, but we were very safe with those. You know, I let all the boys know, hey, I'm putting this here. Do not play around. Do not throw things around here. You know, you need to make sure that you treat this area very safely because we've got a fight. You know, we got a candle going here and we don't want to, you know, make any any mistakes. We don't want to start burning down the house and all that kind of stuff, especially when it's flooding. Nobody can get to it. And so, you know, that's a real big uh, danger there. So, uh, you know, you just kind of do that. You try to minimize any, you try to foresee any issues that you might have in something like that. And if you're cooking with fire, you want to do that outside anyway. I don't know why you would want to do that inside, but you want to do that outside. And so uh, be smart about that. All right. So number nine, battery powered flashlights and lantern. Small, compact, and easy to repower when a disaster creates a power blackout. Every home needs a battery-powered flashlight and lantern. You can walk into any home goods store and find a collection of flashlights plus lantern gadgets. Make sure to get an LED flashlight. These shine brighter in the dark. You know, just recently I was sharing a story of uh, one, of my, one of my church members that their power was out and they didn't have 
uh, a flashlight, right? They were using the light on their phone. And, and I'm like, man, you have to have flashlights. You need flashlights. You need a lantern. You need a way to have light if the power is out. And so that, you know, you want to get that kind of stuff all before, I mean, all this stuff before any kind of disaster happens. But there are so many cool options out there and so many different, uh, you know, ways that you can you can do this with, you know, lanterns and, uh, you know, LED lanterns that uh, are rechargeable and batteries that are rechargeable. And there are just so many options out there that you need to have multiple ways to uh, to light up rooms and stuff like that. And some of these flashlights, and if you've been with me for a while, you know, at one point Survival Hacks had uh, was selling had a great deal on flashlights and they passed along that coupon code and everything to to my listeners and I purchased a bunch of those man and those little suckers are really good I mean uh, you can turn them on and set them on like an end table and they will light up they will light up the room and so uh, you know there's just so many options there so when you find a deal you want to definitely pick it up so number 10 is a wrench Now, when a lightning storm hits, you want to unplug your electronics. Similarly, when a natural disaster hits, you want to shut off your utilities, specifically gas lines and water pipes. Explosions and floodings are not uncommon in these situations. Okay, so this is another one I don't necessarily agree with. In a natural disaster, depending on the disaster, I'm not necessarily turning off my utilities, right? Um, Like during Harvey you know, the power company turned off our electricity and they did that to save the lines because our lines, well, the power runs, uh, I guess it's above ground coming into the neighborhood, but in the neighborhood, all the power lines are in the ground. And so when it started to flood and the water, the flood water started, you know, getting to a certain point, they just shut down all the electricity just to save the electrical lines and so there wouldn't be any issues there so i understand that but i don't know about going and turning off my gas and different things like that unless i knew that there was like a gas leak somewhere right and then i would do that so anyway um the whole thing about the wrench here i agree with it but what i'm gonna say is just tools Having tools is one of the things that would be very beneficial in any kind of uh, disaster, but preparedness just in general. I believe people need tools. And so there's there's a lot of people out there is like, man, they have like maybe a hammer and, and that's kind of it. Or maybe they have whatever is in their car, you know, that when they bought their vehicle or whatever. But I would say you need to have, uh, you know, build up your set of tools and buy some decent tools as you as you go because those will be valuable to you not only in a natural disaster but if you ever find yourself in a situation where you have to fix things or you have to make do with what you have you want to be able to have some decent tools to uh to go uh you know go forward from there number 11 is a gun hey if you're near a walmart and have a permit you can be in and out of the store with a shotgun in 20 minutes and then there's a hashtag America. So I don't even think you need a permit to uh, to purchase um, a rifle here. In for instance, in Texas, you can just go into Walmart and uh, buy buy a shotgun. I don't know if it take 20 minutes. It might be just a little bit longer, but you don't necessarily need a permit to be able to do that. Uh, at least in Texas, I don't know where the state where you're at or the country that you're listening to. Um, it's going to be definitely a little bit different where you're at, but. 
you know, that is something that you might want to consider as just having something for self-defense. All right, so the next section is home reinforcements. Number 12 is duct tape. The ultimate accessory for emergency repairs. Seal windows, stop leaks, and even put your car back together long enough to get out of Dodge. Duct tape is the number one disaster accessory that you should be storing under the kitchen sink. Grab as much as humanly possible. Now, guys, duct tape is one of those things that is uh, is a good deal, and uh, it's good to have multiple ro- rolls of it. Uh, have some in the house and then even some in the vehicle. Number 13, hammer, nails, and plywood. A hurricane on the horizon, zombies looking for dinner, reinforce your windows ASAP. If the exterior of your house is lined with siding, plywood boards can easily be nailed to to securely cover your windows. Live in a tall apartment block? Here comes that duct tape again. Nail some boards together and then secure them over your windows from the inside. This is one of those things that you need to consider and, you know, it's specific to your situation and you need to think about that. You know, if you're not in hurricane, uh, you know, in a place where hurricanes uh, will come, you know, you might not need that plywood. Now, having hammers and nails and, and again, tools, I think that's valuable. Number 14 is caulk. A wet or cold disaster can damage the inside of your home within hours. Use the caulk to plug any holes or fill any gaps you can find on your windows and doors. Essentially, you want to create the warmest and driest conditions possible. This means that you might also consider using caulk where caulk doesn't usually go, like the base of your front door. Alright, so I don't know necessarily about that. Don't completely agree. That wouldn't be on my list of, uh, of things to get for a disaster. Okay, so this next section here is for the humans. Number 15 is heavy-duty blankets. Now, whether you are tucking in for a weekend of snowstorms or expecting a full-on apocalyptic blizzard, you'll need blankets that will help regulate and or stabilize your body temperature. You can go with military-grade wool blankets that keep you warm even when wet or a simple down comforter that you can find in any superstore or department store. So I do think that this is something that you should store if you have the space for it. Having extra blankets, like you should never get rid of a blanket, right? Having extra blankets is, you know, a smart thing to do. Not only can you build a little like pallet on the floor if people had to sleep on the floor, but you could cover up with layers if if it got really, really cold on you. Number 16 is super glue. We all know that super glue can be used to temporarily bond wood, metal, and plastic. But did you know that you can also use a super glue to close a minor wound? If a shard of glass slices your finger during a disaster and you're not able to get to a hospital, temporarily close your wound with super glue. And don't use glue on deep wounds near your eyes or as an everyday fix. But when you're in a bind, this will stop the bleeding and help protect from infection. All right, so again, I would not have put super glue here for the purpose of using it for first aid. Uh, I think having some super glue is good and smart. And definitely if you are in a survival situation and you need to close up a wound, fine, use super glue. I still think you should have first aid supplies. I would rather you have that and use that than, you know, reaching for the super glue in this situation. So speaking of all of all of that, number 17 is a medical kit. Now, every home needs a medical kit and odds are that you already have one. What most people forget, however, is that a medical kit doesn't update itself. 
you need to check the expiration dates on your Neosporin and make sure that you haven't used all the band-aids. Here's a pro tip. Stick an EpiPen in there for good measure. All right, so an EpiPen, I believe, has an expiration date of one to two years. I, I think it'll still be good uh, if you're going to risk it. But the reason you have an EpiPen is because someone's having a really bad allergic reaction, right? So uh, you just don't want to stick it in and just kind of leave it there. You want to definitely check uh, the expiration and all of that, especially when your loved one's life depends on it. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to go just not just say medical kit. I'm going to say first aid supplies. And I think that, you know, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you know that first aid supplies is something that you should be stocking up on. Because if you're in a situation where you need to get into those medical supplies, you will go through them very quickly. And you think you have a nice size first aid kit or you have some so a nice size uh, you know, supply kit or whatever, you know, in a tote or in a closet or whatever, you can go through those things really fast and uh, you'd be surprised. So just FYI on that, uh, I would say first aid supplies, not just a medical kit. So number 18 is water. Rule of thumb, humans require one gallon of water per person per day. This is both for drinking and sanitation. When disaster strikes, clean water is no guarantee. And without clean water, you are, well, doomed. All right, so that's where your Hydro Blue VersaFlow is going to come in handy, definitely. Number 19, non-perishable food. You don't know how long the aftermath of this disaster will last, so when collecting food, you want to get food that won't spoil quickly, don't, that doesn't need refrigeration, and can be eaten without cooking or heating. So they have some uh, a list here, you know, beef jerky, nuts, spam, peanut butter, canned tuna, protein bars, pickled anything. While you want to make sure you collect food that will provide nutrients and sustenance, having some morale-boosting snacks will do wonders. Think chips and salsa or some Snickers. <laughs> okay. All right. There's going to be a lot of people just rolling their eyes there, you know. So if you are preparedness-minded, right, I know that the, this article is looking at it like you're not prepared at all. And so if you're listening, this is your very first time listening to the podcast there, you know, here you go. You're hearing a lot of information and you definitely need to have this stuff in place. But most of you understand that food storage is very important and you should be building your food storage uh, right now. You know, you're not waiting for a hurricane or a natural disaster or a blizzard or anything like that. Because when that stuff, when, when that stuff is announced and, you know, from the news or the media and people realize that that's coming, stores are wiped out. So you don't want to wait that long. You want to build up your food storage now. You want to start doing that right, right now. And so uh, that's the smart thing to do. But if you realize that there is a hurricane coming, having some snacks and stuff like that, that, you know, that is nice to have, especially when you are waiting for the lights. to. I mean, like, you know, we've experienced many hurricanes down here. And so we know that when the hurricane is, is making landfall, it's just a matter of time before our lights go down. And so, you know, we have a little bit of fun. You know, we've done everything. We've secured everything and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So let's have a little bit of fun while we're waiting for everything to happen. So I can see where chips and salsa is going, where you, you've done some popcorn, where you, you know, you're watching a movie, whatever, you know, and you have all that kind of stuff. But uh, you definitely, that's not, this list is not the, the disaster preparedness list that you just want to have. You want to be able to stock up on really good food and you want to have that way in advance 
before the disaster is, uh, you know, right on you. So number 20 is feminine supplies. No showers mean poor hygiene, especially during that time of the month. Stock up on tampons now or even better, convert to the Diva Cup, which is infinitely reusable. All right. So we've talked about that lately, you know, we're talking about Venezuela and different things that they experience. And so I, I just won't go into that. But uh, there you have it. Number 21, kind of the same thing here, condoms. What else is there to do during a blackout or a blizzard? Although there aren't official stats of how many babies have been conceived in these scenarios, we can unofficially assume that disasters double as baby makers. So um, I know I can't remember, but I know that there have been places where where when a blizzard has happened and people have been, you know, down and out for like a week, you know, they're just like, you know, in their homes and they can't go anywhere. Nine months later on, 10 months later on, you know, there's a lot of babies being born. And so that has been, uh, and so I can't say officially, but I know that I have read that before of that happening in multiple places. Number 22 is the thing that I talk about all the time. And so you might be like, Todd, I can't believe they finally, you finally got to this one. It's going to be toilet paper, right? So admit it, you would have totally forgotten about this one if it weren't for this list. That is not true because I mention it all the time, all the time, right? So this goes back to the hygiene subject. Never underestimate the physical and mental importance to keep clean hygiene practices, especially when living in close quarters and with others. And toilet paper is just one of those things, uh, you know, you just, you just gotta have. And then you can add to this, you know, we just talked about like, you know, sponge baths and all that kind of stuff if you're in a disaster scenario. So if you're just, you've come on to this podcast starting here on this episode 515, go back and listen to some of the episodes of this of this week because uh, we've talked a, a lot about, you know, other hygiene things that you can do to make sure that you're staying uh, healthy and clean. And that's important. All right, so this last one I don't agree with. I just, I don't even know why why it was put in here. It says a last minute Hail Mary, number 23, Bitcoin. Greece, Venezuela, Zimbabwe, what do these three countries have in common? Their economies took a total nosedive with hyperinflation and a debt crisis that turned their currency into pickles. If the US dollar suddenly does the same or the banks start to shut down, you might want to consider converting your online cash into crypto before the internet goes down. All right, so a year ago, people were like all up about, you know, cryptocurrencies and stuff. And then they started kind of going down and stuff. You know, one of the things that Martin Armstrong talks about with the cryptocurrencies is that the powers that be are not going to allow that to just run amok because they can't control it. They're going to want to control it. And so they'll be they'll find a way to control it in one way or the other. And, you know, that that just sucks. You know, recently, I don't remember what cryptocurrency it was, but the owner of the or the guy who had like uh, who created it or whatever, he was the only guy who had the password and he died. And so everybody who has cryptocurrency, you know, in this one specific type, it just they're kind of stuck out because they, they can't they can't get to it. It's kind of locked down. And so that that completely sucks there. Right. So there's always 
you know, it's been passed off as this way to have money and no one can touch it, but that's not necessarily true. There are so many ways where it can be regulated and taken, you know, taken from you or at least locked down to where you can't access it. I would prefer if I was going to do something like this, you know, and of course, again, this article is talking about natural disasters and it's talking about if you're not prepared, you're not going to be thinking about this. You're not really going to be going this route. But if I was going to put, you know, some kind of resource money into uh, something that if I was concerned that the economy was going to poop out or whatever, I would probably put it into silver and uh, and to have some of that. So that's a whole nother podcast episode down the road. But that's probably what I would do. I would do that before I would do Bitcoin at this point because there's just been so many different things and it's still very volatile. Um, you know, like I said, the, the powers that be are going to want to control it. And I know that there's people out there that'll say, look, Todd, you don't know what you're talking about. There's this and this and these safeguards and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm just, this is the way, that's my opinion. This is how I feel. I would, you know, I've seen Bitcoin. I've seen people who really didn't understand about Bitcoin come into Bitcoin and say they were making a lot of money and they probably did make a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, and then tried to get a lot of people into making money and then started losing it all when Bitcoin started going down. And so people were investing and, in, in, you know, doing stuff like that. And then when people sold it, they were paying tax. They didn't realize they were going to have to pay taxes on it. And so some people, you know, got, uh, got hammered during tax season when they had to pay the, uh, I guess their increase, whatever they, they received on their investment, right? The, uh, the, the increase of that. So anyway, I don't, I don't want to go further into that. Just, I wouldn't necessarily go with the Bitcoin. I would go with probably silver. Uh, and I probably be even before all of that, I'm going to be stocking up more on food and water and all of that good stuff. All right. So there you go with that. So let me end it out here. It says when a disaster strikes, the disaster isn't your only threat. Your neighbors will turn hostile within hours and your thirst will turn deadly in 10 days. You mustn't fear the disaster as much as you should fear the aftermath and the repercussions of not being prepared. There is no excuse not to be ready. The only way to minimize these threats, fears, and dangers is to prepare now, today. Again, everything on this list is available right now. It's always better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. All right, so that's the end of the article. And so I'm going to agree with the very end here, right? Um, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. All of this stuff is available right now. It is so you can get in your vehicle, you can drive down to Walmart and you can get everything you need. As long as you have the money to pay for it, you can get whatever you need. And if you can't just and if you don't want to go and drop down, you know, all this money all at this all at one time, then you start small. You start building up your your preparedness. And so that's where we go, right? Think about, just think about the possibility of there being a disaster and you are not ready. If you were to have a disaster, if a disaster was to come down right now, and let's not just say natural disaster, a hurricane or blizzard, let's just say things started rolling with the economy. With where you are right now, do you feel comfortable that you could withstand maybe a month or two months of, of craziness out there with what you have in your home? And I'm not even talking about, 
you know, bug out equipment. And I'm talking about like food and water and, and, you know, being able to defend yourself, those types of things right there, which that's easy to start to acquire those things that it's easy. There's plenty of it right now. And if you ever found yourself in a situation where you didn't have that, you would be kicking yourself because you didn't prepare to take care of your family and yourself in a situation like that. Well, guys, that is it for this article. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. There was a lot of links here, like almost every section that I read, every number that I I read had a related link to go to. So there was a, a lot of them. And then there was a lot of other links that would just go. I'm going to put some of the links of the things that I mentioned as well in the show notes if you want to go check those out, you know, we're going into the weekend. And so if you listen to the podcast every single day, like I'm, you know, many of you, you know, email me and then you've hit me up on Facebook and you're like, yeah, Todd, I listen to you every day. I appreciate it and all that good stuff. If you listen to it every day, then you might get to like Friday evening, Saturday morning. And you're like, man, I, you know, I want some more preparedness. Um, there's not necessarily a podcast. You know, Todd doesn't have a podcast, but there is prepper website where you can go and there are tons and tons of articles that you can read. If you are on the email list, then on Saturday morning, I send out the Saturday prep and it's about four or five different articles, maybe a YouTube video, maybe uh, a link to a podcast episode or whatever, which you can, you know, just drink your coffee, you know, open up your, your laptop or your phone and just, you know, maybe do some light preparedness reading, well, like the light preparedness reading is it's reading preparedness reading, but it's just, you know, you can kind of ease into it, have something to do in the morning while you're drinking your coffee, right? And so uh, you can do that if you're not uh, a part of the email list. There's a link in the show notes that will get you to a link where you can sign up really quick and uh, I've made it really easy for you. But if not, then you can come over to Prepper website and we link to articles every single day there. And then we have specific pages that are based on like alternative news. If you want frugal living links, if you want DIY, if you want specific links to like firearms and things like that, you can uh, you can go to that. If you want to even look at look up conspiracy theory stories and stuff stuff like that, and we have we have that available too on the on the top right hand corner. Just click the quick links, and it'll take you to those uh, to those pages on uh, on Prepper website. So. Anyway, guys, there's a lot of preparedness out there, and we are living in some curious times. It's smart to be prepared and to put this stuff inside of you right now to get this knowledge, these skills, and so you have this information inside of your head, and you are making you know small movements, even if it's small movements, right? Uh, you know, sometimes you you might want to make big movements towards preparedness. But even if you're making small movements, you're taking baby steps to getting more food storage, more water, uh, you know, having those types of things, having ways to defend yourself, you know, all those different kinds of things, maybe a flashlight here or there or, you know, you're you're adding to your preparedness. That is the way to do it, you know, a little bit at a time. So it's not overwhelming, but you're doing it. You're purposeful. You're planning and you have some goals in mind. That's really the way to do it. All right, everyone. Well, that is it for episode 515. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and also this week. I really appreciate you guys and uh, all the support that you give me out there. Hey, don't forget, if you are listening to this podcast 
and you're not subscribed, you can come on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.